0: Today is June the 8th. Today, Judah and Israel join forces. As we read through the Bible in the year, I'd like you to read 1 Kings chapters 20 to 22 today. Here uh, we see a a nation, a large nation to the north. The king of Aram sends his general, uh, well, he he comes himself. Ben-Hadad comes to attack Samaria. Uh, Ahab has victory over Ben-Hadad. Then um, Ahab... Uh, uh ben-hadad attacks a second time this time ben-hadad is actually injured in the fight and king ahab um fights uh, with ben-hadad but he uh doesn't kill ben-hadad he tries to make a treaty with ben-hadad well uh a goes back home. Um, When he gets home, he's away from the war now. He sees a very beautiful vineyard, and he really wants it. He tries to buy it from a man named Naboth. Naboth refuses. He says, no, this is my family's heritage. I want to keep my vineyard. I've invested a lot of time into it. Ahab is depressed. Jezebel sees what's going on. So she has Naboth killed, and she takes the vineyard from his family. Well, because of that, the prophet tells Ahab, you will now die. Chapter 22, uh, Ben-Hadad comes back to fight. This time Ahab goes to the king of Judah, Jehoshaphat, and he says, fight with me, my brother. Jehoshaphat, for whatever reason, says, sure, sure, let's go. Uh, but before they go, Jehoshaphat says, but I want to hear from God. Ahab calls his prophets. His prophets make a big show of one of them gets uh, iron uh, bull horns and uh, uh, runs at the other prophets who scatter before him. Then he says, you will do this to Ben-Hadad's army. Jehoshaphat says, isn't there a prophet of God, a prophet of Jehovah here? Ahab says, yeah, but he never says anything good about me. They call him, his name is Micaiah. They say to Micaiah, should we go to war? Micaiah says, oh sure, go on up, everything will be fine. Ahab says, Micaiah, tell me the truth. What do you see? And Micaiah says... I see Israel scattered as sheep in a pasture with no shepherd, for their shepherd has died. Ahab looks at Jehoshaphat and literally says, I told you so. (laughs) He has nothing good to say about me. In the ensuing war, Ahab indeed does die. And his son, Ahaziah, is made king in his place. Today. Let's read together 1 Kings 20 to 22. 1 Kings 20 to 22, New Living Translation. 1 Kings 20. About that time, King Ben-Hadad of Aram mobilized his army, supported by the chariots and horses of thirty-two allied kings. They went to besiege Samaria, the capital of Israel, and launched attacks against it. Ben-Hadad sent messengers into the city to relay this message to King Ahab of Israel. This is what Ben-Hadad says, "'Your silver and gold are mine, so are your wives and the best of your children.'" "'All right, my lord, the king,' Israel's king replied." "'All that I have is yours.' Soon Ben-Hadad's messengers returned again and said, "'This is what Ben-Hadad says. "'I have already demanded that you give me your silver, gold, wives, and children. "'But about this time tomorrow I will send my officials to search your palace "'and the homes of your officials. "'They will take away everything you consider valuable.' Then Ahab summoned all the elders of the land and said to them, "'Look how this man is stirring up trouble.' "'I have already agreed with his demand that I give him my wives and children and silver and gold. "'Don't give in to any more demands,' all the elders and people advised. "'So Ahab told the messengers from Ben-Hadad, "'Say this to my lord the king, I'll give you everything you ask for the first time, "'but I cannot accept this last demand of yours.' "'So the messengers returned to Ben-Hadad with that response.' Then Ben-Hadad sent this message to Ahab. May the gods strike me and even kill me if there remains enough dust from Samaria to provide even a handful for each of my soldiers. The king of Israel sent back this answer. A warrior putting on his sword for battle should not boast like a warrior who's already won. Ahab's reply reached Ben-Hadad and the other kings as they were drinking in their tents. Prepare to attack, Ben-Hadad commanded his officers. So they prepared to attack the city. Then a certain prophet came to see King Ahab of Israel and told him, This is what the Lord says. Do you see all these enemy forces today? I'll hand them all over to you. Then you'll know that I am the Lord. Ahab asked, How will he do it? The prophet replied, This is what the Lord says. The troops of the provincial commanders will do it. Should we attack first, Ahab asked? Yes, the prophet answered. So Ahab mustered the troops of the 232 provincial commanders. Then he called out the rest of the army of Israel, some 7,000 men. About noontime as Ben Hadad, and the 32 allied kings were still in their tents drinking themselves into a stupor. The troops of the provincial commanders marched out of the city as the first contingent. As they approached, Ben-Hadad's scouts reported to him, some troops are coming from Samaria. Take them alive, Ben-Hadad commanded, whether they've come for peace or for war. But Ahab's provincial commanders in the entire army had now come out to fight. Each Israelite soldier killed his Aramean opponent. Suddenly the entire Aramean army panicked and fled. The Israelites chased them, but King Ben-Hadad and a few of his charioteers escaped on horses. However, the king of Israel destroyed the other horses and chariots and slaughtered the Arameans. Afterward, the prophet said to King Ahab, "'Get ready for another attack. Begin making plans now, for the king of Aram will come back next spring.'" After their defeat, Ben-Hadad's officers said to him, These are like gods or gods of the hills. That's why they won. But we can defeat them easily on the plains. Only this time replace the kings with field commanders. Recruit another army like the one you lost. Give us the same number of horses, chariots, and men. We'll fight against them on the plains. There's no doubt that we'll beat them. So King Ben Hadad did, as they suggested. The following spring, he called up the Aramean army and marched out against Israel, this time at Afek. Israel then mustered its army, set up supply lines, and marched out for battle. But the Israelite army looked like two little flocks of goats in comparison to the vast Aramean forces that filled the countryside. But the man of God went to the king of Israel and said, This is what the Lord says The Arameans have said, The Lord is a God of the hills, not of the plains, so I'll defeat this vast army for you. Then you will know that I am the Lord. The two armies camped opposite each other for seven days. On the seventh day, the battle began. The Israelites killed a 100,000 Aramean foot soldiers in one day. The rest fled into the town of Aphek, but the wall fell on them and killed another 27,000. Ben-Hadad fled into the town and hid In a secret room. Ben Hadad's officers said to him, Sir, we've heard that the kings of Israel are merciful, so let's humble ourselves by wearing burlap around our waist and putting ropes on our heads. Let's surrender to the king of Israel. Perhaps he'll let you live. So they put on burlap and ropes and went to the king of Israel and begged, Your servant Ben Hadad says, Please let me live. The king of Israel responded, Is he still alive? "'He is my brother.' The men took this as a good sign and quickly picked up on his words. "'Yes,' they said, "'your brother, Ben-Hadad.' "'Go and get him,' the king of Israel told them. When Ben-Hadad arrived, Ahab invited him up into his chariot. Ben-Hadad told him, "'I'll give you back the towns my father took from your father. "'You may establish places of trade in Damascus, as my father did in Samaria.' Then Ahab said, I'll release you under these conditions. They made a new treaty and Ben-Hadad was set free. Meanwhile, the Lord instructed one of the group of prophets to say to another man, hit me. But the man refused to hit the prophet. Then the prophet told him, because you've not obeyed the voice of the Lord, a lion will kill you as soon as you leave me. And when he had gone, a lion did attack and kill him. Then the prophet turned to another man and said, Hit me. So he struck the prophet and wounded him. The prophet placed a bandage over his eyes to disguise himself and then waited beside the road for the king. As the king passed by, the prophet called out to him, Sir, I was in the thick of battle, and suddenly a man brought me a prisoner. He said, Guard this man. If for any reason he gets away, you'll either die or pay a fine of 75 pounds of silver. While I was busy doing something else, the prisoner disappeared. "'It's your own fault,' the king replied. "'You've brought the judgment on yourself.' Then the prophet quickly pulled the bandage from his eyes, and the king of Israel recognized him as one of the prophets. The prophet said to him, "'This is what the Lord says. "'Because you have spared the man I said must be destroyed, "'now you must die in his place.' and your people will die instead of his people so the king of israel went home to samaria angry and sullen first kings 21 Now there was a man named Naboth from Jezreel who owned a vineyard in Jezreel beside the palace of King Ahab of Samaria. One day Abraham said to Naboth, since your vineyard is so convenient to my palace, I'd like to buy it and use it as a vegetable garden. I'll give you a better vineyard in exchange, or if you prefer, I'll pay you for it but Naboth replied, The Lord forbid that I should give you the inheritance that was passed down by my ancestors. So Ahab went home angry and sullen because of Naboth's answer. The king went to bed with his face to the wall and refused to eat. What's the matter, his wife Jezebel asked him. What's made you so upset that you're not eating? I asked Naboth to sell me his vineyard or trade it, but he refused, Ahab told her. Are you the king of Israel or not? Jezebel demanded. Get up and eat something. Don't worry about it. I'll get you Naboth's vineyard. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name, sealed them with the seal, sent them to the elders and the other leaders of the town where Naboth lived. In her letters, she commanded, call the citizens together for a time of fasting and give Naboth a place of honor. Then set two scoundrels across from him who will accuse him of cursing God and the king. Then take him out and stone him to death. So the elders and the other town leaders followed the instructions Jezebel had written in the letters. They called for a fast and put Naboth at a prominent place before the people. Then the two scoundrels came and sat down across from him. Then they accused Naboth before all the people, saying, He cursed God and the king, so he was dragged outside the town and stoned to death. The town leaders then sent word to Jezebel, Naboth has been stoned to death. When Jezebel heard the news, she said to Ahab, "'You know the vineyard Naboth wouldn't sell to you? "'Well, you can have it now. "'He's dead.' So Ahab immediately went down to the vineyard of Naboth to claim it. But the Lord said to Elijah, "'Go down and meet King Ahab of Israel, who rules in Samaria. "'He'll be at Naboth's vineyard in Jezreel, claiming it for himself. "'Give him this message.' This is what the Lord says. Wasn't it enough that you killed Naboth? Must you rob him too? Because you've done this, the dogs will lick your blood at the very place where they licked the blood of Naboth. So my enemy, you've found me, Ahab claimed to Elijah. Yes, Elijah answered, I've come because you've sold yourself to what is evil in the Lord's sight. So now the Lord says, I'll bring disaster on you and consume you. I'll destroy every one of your male descendants, slave and free alike, anywhere in Israel. I'm going to destroy your family as I did the family of Jeroboam, son of Nebat, and the family of Besha, son of Ahijah, for you've made me very angry and have led Israel into sin. Regarding Jezebel, the Lord says, dogs will eat Jezebel's body at the plot of land in Jezreel. The members of Ahab's family who die in the city will be eaten by dogs. Those who die in the field will be eaten by vultures. No one else so completely sold himself to what was evil in the Lord's sight as Ahab did under the influence of his wife. Jezebel. His worst outrage was worshipping idols just as the Amorites had done, the people whom the Lord had driven out from the land ahead of the Israelites. But when Ahab heard this message, he tore his clothing, dressed in burlap, and fasted. He even slept in burlap and went about in deep mourning. Then another message from the Lord came to Elijah. Do you see how Ahab has humbled himself before me? Because he has done this, I will not do what I promised during his lifetime. It will happen to his sons. I will destroy his dynasty. 1 Kings 22 for three years there was no war between aram and israel then during the third year king jehoshaphat of Judah went to visit king ahab of israel during the visit the king of israel said to his officials do you realize the town of ramath gilead belongs to us and yet we have done nothing to recapture it from the king of aram Then he turned to Jehoshaphat and asked, Will you join me in battle to recover Ramoth Gilead? Jehoshaphat replied to the king of Israel, Why, of course, you and I are as one. My troops are your troops. My horses are your horses. Then Jehoshaphat added, But first, let's find out what the Lord says. So the king of Israel summoned the prophets, about 400 of them, and asked, Should I go to war against Ramoth Gilead, or should I hold back? They all replied, Yes, go right ahead. The Lord will give the king victory. But Jehoshaphat asked, Is there not also a prophet of the Lord here? We should ask him the same question. The king of Israel replied to Jehoshaphat, There's one more man who could consult the Lord for me, but I hate him. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. His name is Micaiah, son of Imlah. Jehoshaphat replied, "'That's not the way a king should talk. Let's hear what he has to say.' So the king of Israel called one of his officials and said, "'Quick, bring Micaiah, son of Imlah. King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah, dressed in their royal robes, were sitting on thrones at the threshing floor near the gate of Samaria. All of Ahab's prophets were prophesying there in front of them. One of them, Zedekiah, son of Kenanna made some iron horns and proclaimed, this is what the Lord says, with these horns you will gore the Arameans to death. All the other prophets agreed. Yes, they said, go up to Ramath Gilead and be victorious, for the Lord will give the king victory. Meanwhile, the messenger went to get Micah said to him, look, all the prophets are promising victory for the king. Be sure you agree with them and promise success. But Micaiah replied, As surely as the Lord lives, I will say only what the Lord tells me to say. When Micaiah arrived before the king, Ahab asked him, Micaiah, should we go to war against Ramoth Gilead or should we hold back? Micaiah replied sarcastically, Yeah, go up and be victorious. The Lord will give the king his victory. But the king replied sharply, How many times must I demand that you speak only the truth to me when you speak for the Lord? Then Micaiah told him, In a vision, I saw all Israel scattered on the mountains like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord said, Their master has been killed. Send them home in peace. Didn't I tell you? The king of Israel exclaimed to Jehoshaphat. He never prophesies anything but trouble for me. Then Micaiah continued, Listen to what the Lord says. I saw the Lord sitting on His throne with all the armies of Him and around Him on His right and on His left. The Lord said, "Who can entice Ahab to go into battle against Remoth Gilead so he can be killed?" There were many suggestions, and finally, a spirit approached the Lord and said, "I can do it." How will you do this? The Lord asked. The spirit replied, "I'll go out and inspire all of Ahab's prophets to speak lies." "'You'll succeed,' said the Lord. "'Go ahead and do it.' "'So you see the Lord has put a lying spirit in the mouths of all your prophets, "'for the Lord has pronounced your doom.' "'Then Zedekiah, son of Kenanna, walked up to Micaiah and slapped him across his face. "'Since when did the Spirit of the Lord leave me to speak to you?' he demanded. Micaiah replied, "'You'll find out soon enough when you're trying to hide in some secret room.' Arrest him, the king of Israel ordered. Take him back to Ammon, the governor of the city, and my son, Joash. Give them this order from the king. Put this man in prison. Feed him nothing but bread and water until I return safely from the battle. But Micaiah replied, If you return safely, it'll mean the Lord has not spoken through me. He added to those standing around, Everyone, mark my words. So King Ahab of Israel and King Jehoshaphat of Judah led their armies against Ramoth Gilead. The king of Israel said to Jehoshaphat, as we go into battle, I'll disguise myself so no one will recognize me. You wear your royal robes. So the king of Israel disguised himself, and they went into battle. Meanwhile, the king of Aaron had issued these orders to his 32 chariot commanders Attack only the king of Israel. Don't bother with anyone else. So when the Aramean chariot commanders saw Jehoshaphat in his royal robes, they went after him. There's the king of Israel, they shouted. But when Jehoshaphat called out, the chariot commanders realized he was not the king of Israel. So they stopped chasing him. An Aramean soldier, however, randomly shot an arrow at the Israelite troops and hit the king of Israel between the joints of his armor. Turn the horses. Get me out of here. Ahab groaned to the driver of his chariot. I'm badly wounded. The battle raged all that day and the king remained propped up in his chariot facing the Arameans. The blood from his wound ran down to the floor of the chariot. And as evening arrived, he died. Just as the sun was setting, the cry ran through the troops, We're done for. Run for your lives. So the king died. His body was taken to Samaria and buried there. His chariot was washed beside the pool of Samaria. And the dogs came and licked his blood at the place where the prostitutes bathed. Just as the Lord... Had promised. The rest of the events in Ahab's reign and everything he did, including the story of the ivory palace and the towns he built, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Israel. So Ahab died, and his son Ahaziah became the next king. Jehoshaphat, son of Asa, began to rule over Judah in the fourth year of King Ahab's reign in Israel. Jehoshaphat was 35 years old when he became king, and he reigned in Jerusalem 25 years. His mother was Azuba, the daughter of Shilhi. Jehoshaphat was a good king, following the example of his father Asa. He did what was pleasing in the Lord's sight. During his reign, however, he failed to remove all the pagan shrines. The people still offered sacrifices and burnt incense there. Jehoshaphat also made peace with the king of Israel. The rest of the events in Jehoshaphat's reign, the extent of his power and the wars he waged, are recorded in the book of the history of the kings of Judah. He banished from the land the rest of the male and female shrine prostitutes who still continued their practices from the days of his father Asa. There was no king in Edom at that time, only a deputy. Jehoshaphat also built a fleet of trading ships to sail to Ophir for gold. But the ships never set sail, for they met with disaster in their home port of ezion geber At one time, Ahaziah, son of Ahab, had proposed to Jehoshaphat, Let my men sail with your men in the ships. But Jehoshaphat refused the request. When Jehoshaphat died... He was buried with his ancestors in the city of David. Then his son Jehoram became the next king. Ahaziah, son of Ahab, began to rule in Israel in the 17th year of King Jehoshaphat's reign in Judah. He reigned in Samaria two years, but he did what was evil in the Lord's sight, following the example of his father and mother and the example of Jeroboam, son of Nebat. had led Israel to sin. He served Baal and worshipped him, provoking the anger of the Lord, the God of Israel, just as his father had done. Like, follow, and subscribe to this devotional on whatever platform you use to listen to it. Email your questions to us at questions at becomehope.com. Tomorrow, we'll hear of Israel and Judah's fight against Oh,